Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I really love it that you've joined today. I want to share with you a story from the Old Testament that teaches us something imperative, that a holy humble, tender heart for God is the single most important thing that you can possess. We're talking about the choice, the individual, personal choice to love God and to know that God loves you, surrendering yourself fully and willingly to believing in Him. Convinced and convicted that a life expended in the name of the Lord and in the arms of the Lord is a life most beautifully lived, treasuring God in your heart and knowing that God will treasure you in his presence forever. What I want you to understand today is that there is no substitute for that kind of passion for the Lord. Nothing can replace a soft and pliable heart of belief, and nothing can cover for a hard heart that rebels against acceptance of God. Now, as we will explore today, there are environmental elements to our faith, the people we surround ourselves with, the things we do objectively with our time. Good elements around your life are certainly good for you. They are factors. They are influencers. But they are not the determinant on whether or not you will spend forever in the arms of God. That is sourced in one place only, in the heart of every believer. And I wish so badly that I had the words to say to soften every heart, to get every person to open themselves up to the love that God has for them. But that is such an individual thing that you have to choose to do it. And everything else good that happens in your life will be the result of that decision. I can tell you the story of a young king to help you along the pathway and share with you a few thoughts about an older king who had a heart after God's own heart, and I'm prayerful today that their stories will help you. Let me say, by virtue of the character we're studying today, I want to put specific emphasis on young Christians. If you are a teenager or 20-something or in your 30s, I want to challenge you about what is residing in your heart as you go about seeking to live your faith. And our king today, King Josiah, will be a great example for that because he became king at such a young age and he died at the age of 39. So everything about the life he committed to God was encompassed by youth. And while the application will work for those who have passed the age of 39, I can testify to that, I really want parents in particular and grandparents to key in on why it is important to start by addressing the heart and how it is that the condition of the heart is more important than the external factors and environment. Now, we don't want to toss environment completely out of the picture. We know that it is very important. And if I was in a discussion right now with a parent of a Christian teenager, and I said, what are the best things you can do to help them develop deeper faith and get to heaven? 
probably you would give me three environmental answers. You might say, well, number one, we as his parents need to be faithful. A faithful father in the home statistically has a tremendous impact on the development of the kids. Secondly, you might say, we want to surround our young people with Christian families. It is important for them to spend time around other fellow Christians. Maybe we focus on camps or larger local churches or special colleges. Maybe you say something like, spending time with fellow Christians is important for them to understand what a culture of faith looks like. And I'm not here to argue against that. Good Christian culture establishes great examples and strong friendships. Thirdly, and most likely, you would tell me about the Bible. You might say, we wrapped our newborn in a Bible verse blanket on day one. We focus on teaching them the Word of God. We expect them to read and study the Word of God. And if young people will be in the book every day, then certainly they will grow closer to the Lord. To which I would say, of course, Bible study is important. I will not say with certainty that reading the Word will seed faith in their hearts, but it is certainly the inspired tool that helps cultivate humility and tenderness of heart. And I think more importantly, the Word of God has transformative power for someone who has opened their heart to the Lord and humbly committed themselves to their Maker. So I'm not saying Christian parents, Christian culture, and the Bible are unimportant. We all know that they are. However, there are some sobering realities we need to talk about. First of all, there are young people raised with every environmental advantage who did not commit their life to the king. And there are people with none of those environmental advantages who are the most humble, evangelistic, wonderful Christian people. Why is that the case? I mean, statistically, you've added something great plus something great plus something great. That ought to be nearly a 100% Christian output environment. And those who have none of those things ought to be unicorns who find the truth. And yet, they're really not. They're actually kind of everywhere and totally awesome. To help explain some of that, let me tell you a few things about King Josiah. He became king at the age of eight. He reigned for 31 years, and he was killed, sadly, at the age of 39. The Bible says in the Kings and Chronicle accounts that he was amazing, that he served the Lord all the days of his life. Specifically and most crucially, the very best thing the Bible says about Josiah is that he had a tender heart. He walked in the ways of his father David, whose most wonderful and enduring asset was that he had a heart like the heart of God. Josiah's heart was not only tender, but it was humble. And whenever he learned what he needed to do to please God, he was immediately penitent and he did it, even if it meant changing the direction of an entire nation. He has never seen doubting God or fighting God or seeking to replace God. He loved God. He did not turn to the right or to the left to try some alternate path. He knew in his heart that God's way was good and that God's will was an expression of the Father's love for him. I want to dig in on that heart of David that Josiah emulated, and we'll do that in a moment, because establishing this kind of heart is the most important thing you can do. But let's zoom out a little bit and talk about Josiah's environment. Do you remember anything about his father? 
Most people don't remember him, but his grandfather you probably do. His name was Manasseh, and he was the worst king that Judah ever had. Child sacrifices and everything. He demonstrated some faith at the end of his life, but still the nation was ruined. His son and Josiah's father, Amon, quickly forsook the Lord and followed evil, idolatrous paths, ultimately being put to death by his own people. So Josiah becomes king at the age of eight without even an indication of faithfulness in his family. If family heritage told the story, it would have been a dark one. But fortunately, faithfulness starts with heart. Secondly, there is no indication that the culture around him was helpful in the least. It was idolatrous. There were temples with male prostitutes in them. It was atrocious. We might presume that someone talked to him about the Yahweh God, but it would not have been an inundation. In other words, he was not raised by a Christian home, and he was not raised going to church every Sunday and Wednesday. And probably wildest of all is that Josiah was not raised with Scripture. Through some beautiful faith of Josiah and without any of the Word of God before him, he sent some people to rebuild the house of the Lord. They found the law of God there and brought it to him. He was 26 years old at the time. I want you to grab on to that. Becomes king at eight, lives a faithful life, had done some wonderful things already, like torn down the altars, banished the priests of idolatry, and rebuilt the house of God without a Bible. He was not given detailed and written instruction from God. You have to assume that he was told stories about David and Hezekiah. We have to believe that he was told by someone about the creation or the exodus or the provisions of his maker. But somehow he lived with a humble, tender, obedient heart, even without those helpful environmental benefits. Now, something amazing about his heart is that at the age of 26, when he was able to read the scripture, he tore his clothes, he lamented their sin, repented entirely, and devoted his life to honoring that word. Now, again, there is great benefit in bringing up your children in a godly home and a great church and with daily Bible reading. Those are beneficial. They're influential. They're helpful. But they are no substitute for a heart that chooses the Lord. Parents need to keep up all of that stuff. And if you're a young person listening and you're struggling with your faith, keep reading your Bible, hanging out with Christians, and going to church. But you need to ask yourself, and parents encourage your youth to ask themselves, what do I truly believe about God? Do I see him in the world around me? Do I love God and do I trust that God loves me? Even without all of the answers or every piece of information, will you submit yourself to a God of such glory? In other words, tell me the condition of your heart. Listen, I can turn your attention to the Bible and tell you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But Bible knowledge is not the same thing as faith. In the early centuries of the church, they did not have the entire New Testament. And for like a thousand years, most people couldn't get their hands on a copy or couldn't read it even if they had it. They heard the story of Jesus. They shared the story of Jesus. Men and women lived by faith and died in Christ. Not because they knew every verse of Scripture, but because they knew God. 
They were clinging to him by faith and sought to do their best. But now we are so fortunate we have multiple translations of Scripture in the palm of our hand. But there is still no substitute for a tender heart. We have to build knowledge on top of the same kind of simple submission that has been seen in Christ's church for centuries. So I need to finish with two very important things. And by the way, I've stretched all of this out into two sermons that I preached at Lindale a few weeks ago. So while I'll have to rush the landing here, you can explore that. Firstly, what can we do to develop a heart like that? What choices will need to be made by the people that we love to enjoy a life like that? Well, we're drawn to David. The Bible tells us that he had a heart like that of God's heart. He was in communion in faith with the Lord. And Josiah was like him. And when we study David's life, there were a few simple, personal choices that he made. Number one, he chose to have absolute faith in the Lord. He believed that God designed him for a purpose and that God was always in control. I can rationalize that to you and present evidence to try and convince you, but that is a choice that you must make by faith. David also loved the law of God. Anything that communicated the mind and heart of God to him is something of great interest in his life. He wrote half of our Psalms, and many of them magnify the name of God's beautiful word. And this is where the Bible comes back in. If you have a heart that loves God and loves everything about him, and I told you, you are among the elite and lucky in all of human history in that you know how to read and you have the full revelation of Christ in your hands. You have a benefit there that many wanted and could not have, and many gave their lives to make possible for you. We have to choose to have a heart that wants to know everything we can from the mind of God. David was also incredibly thankful. Even when he was being pursued unto death, he praised the name of the Lord. God was David's stronghold, and David was grateful for that assurance and always ready to share it. It seemed that no matter where he was or what he was facing, there was always joy in his heart, knowing that God saw him and cared about him and possessed the power to deliver him. And then, of course, in a way that is replicated in the life of Josiah, he had a heart that was penitent. He had a heart that hurt when he knew he was displeasing God. A heart that lamented living in a way that defied the God who loved him. And so even though he made tremendous mistakes, he always found his way back to God. Those were the qualities of Josiah, even without any help around him, in the likeness of David. A heart of absolute trust in God that loves the word of God, praises his name in every circumstance, and wants to please God so entirely that when he learned that he was disobedient, he hurt and repented and pled for the mercies of the Lord, who, of course, extended that mercy to David because of his heart of faith. If you're listening and you're struggling in your walk, I want you to understand that the people who love you and who love God around you are here to help you. The preacher is preaching to help educate you. Your Christian friends want to be a good example to you. Those are all factors, and you should rejoice that God has provided them to you. But everything about who you are becoming and the life you will live and the difference you will make in Christ starts with your heart. 
Now, on the back end, I want to talk to you about environment a little bit. This part got an entire sermon at home, but I'll shortcut it for you some. Because Josiah had a heart for the Lord, he drew close to God even without any help around him. But that same heart, as it grew and matured, wanted to build an environment around him that honored God. So if you were saved without godly parents or a lot of Bible knowledge or a church home, it doesn't mean you want to live out your life in those conditions. Certainly no one's listening now going, well, I guess I don't need all of that as long as I have the right heart. Josiah immediately began changing things in the world around him. Because of his love for God, he started addressing the nouns in his life. I will not turn this into an English lesson, but nouns are a person, place, or thing. Josiah got rid of all of the people around him who sought to worship idols. He was cleaning up his environment. He tore down all of the places around him where illicit and sinful things were happening, and he destroyed, and I mean ground into dust and set on fire, the things in his life that were idolatrous, that displeased God, and that drew others away from the Lord. I've gone to preaching now, so I'll need an extra couple of minutes. But I need to explain to you that this is where environment becomes even more crucial. Not just on the input side, on shaping who you are, though again, it's very helpful. More likely, though, the environment you choose to build for yourself is your best evidence and display of the right kind of heart. You can't say, I have a heart for God, I love God, I have the ability to build my own environment and I'm going to surround myself with godless people, go to terrible places, and possess a bunch of awful things. Remember, Josiah did not have control of those in his youth. But when the control became his, he began making sacrifices that he knew pleased God. Why did he do so? Because he loved the Lord. And if you love the Lord, like Josiah did, like David did, you will be drawn to honoring the Lord by trying to save people who would come to God, but pushing those away who refuse to. Not going to places that are designed to defy the will of the Lord. Tearing them down and out of your life. And ridding your life of the things that replace God. Things that service the flesh, that service addiction, and that you know from the Bible, yes, but also just from knowing the Lord do not belong in your life. One more thing about environment. Josiah had four boys, two of them we know pretty well, Jehoahaz and Jehoiakim. They were raised with a godly father in a cleaned up environment and with scripture right in front of them. And yet Jehoahaz, no heart for God. He was evil in the sight of the Lord. He was quickly deposed as king and his brother Jehoiakim became king, and he also did evil in the sight of the Lord. What happened in their case? They were given the best dad, a cleansed environment, a renewed house of worship, and Passover, and reading of scripture. But can you see with me that none of those things were their choice? They were just advantages provided to them. When it came time for them to be people of God, whether it be age 8 or 18 or whatever, each of them had to make a choice a difficult choice to trust in the Lord with all their heart. Their story and many others prove there is no substitute for a tender heart. 
nor any list of advantages that can replace it. Look, if you have those great spiritual influences in your life, then take a moment today and be thankful. But please, spend some time alone contemplating that while God has wonderful things He wants to do in your life, and He wants to use you to build out an environment to help others, all of that is the result of a personal choice you make to live faithfully for the Lord. But these incredible things are only possible starting with heart. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.